are continuing, actually wrapping up our series today that Pastor Andy has had us in the last couple of weeks called Must Be Nice. Must be nice. We've been talking about conditions of the heart that can harden our hearts, that can turn us away from the voice of God and the heart of God. So we're going to continue in that today. Have you ever been going about your day, going about your life, and been caught by surprise when something hurts all of a sudden and you weren't expecting it? You're just doing your thing and all of a sudden, you know, the, I remember last year, we, last summer we went to the beach and I was just, it was a perfect day in the Gulf and I was just kind of swinging my arms to the water. The water was that perfect bathwater temperature, which I See, which I prefer, swinging my arms through the waves and the water until I swung it right through the tentacles of a jellyfish. How many of you have ever done that before? Yes. Hands going up all over the room. Yeah. So my beautiful day all of a sudden took a turn, right? That sudden stinging pain. How many of you have ever been walking through your living room, you know, uh, with bare feet and you step on a Lego or five? <laughs> right. Boy, that'll get your attention, won't it? Uh, the other day, Jason uh, came into the, our bedroom the other morning, and he was kind of walking really weird, like stiffly, like not turning his neck. And I was like, what happened? He's like, I leaned over to turn the faucet on to fill the dog's water bottle. And like something weird happened in his <laughs> neck. And it was like, it's like, welcome to middle age, everybody. <laughs> Gone are the days when, you know, you can get up and run five miles before breakfast. Here, you filling your dog's water bowl at the kitchen sink and you've thrown your back out, you know. I'm sure that we have all been there where all of a sudden pain just hits us, stops us in our track. It sneaks up and surprises us. Sometimes there's an issue that we didn't see coming and then it completely gets our attention. And that pain becomes our focus. Well, clearly I'm getting somewhere with, I'm going somewhere with this, and that is the, the attitudes of the heart that we've been talking about the last couple of week, weeks. Jealousy, bitterness, these are things that can come up out of nowhere. You're going about your business, and just like stubbing your toe on the leg of a chair, it gets your attention immediately. So Pastor Andy in week one talked about jealousy Last week, we talked about bitterness, and today we're talking about resentment. Must be nice, right? Recently, Jason and I uh, got to visit with some old friends of ours. Most of you know Jason and our family. We lived in Sydney, Australia uh, for several years and pastored, planted and pastored a church there. Um, loved it. If you ever get a chance to go to Australia, highly recommend. Um, so we got to see some friends of ours that were some of our Sydney friends, and we got to visit with them. I've known them a long time. And we, as we were talking and reminiscing and catching up, we got to talking about um, a situation in our past with our church there that happened, it's been a long time, well over 15 years ago. It was a conflict situation in the church that had arisen where some people disagreed with some decisions that Jason and I had made as the pastors of the church. And they didn't like our choice, and they said some unkind and untrue things, especially about Jason, right? So we were just, this is, you guys, this was so long ago. 
so long ago. Our middle son, Nate, he's 18 now. He wasn't even two when this happened, okay? My point is, it was a hot minute. It was a long time ago. But as we were kind of just chatting and talking about, oh, yeah, you remember, and then they said this, and this happened, and they, as we were recounting this story with our friends, what do you know? In my heart, in my, I started to get, I started to get mad all over again. Have you ever seen that movie Inside Out? And the little girl, all the different emotions are represented by the different characters that live in the control center of her brain. And do you remember the character that represents anger or rage? When he gets real mad, what shoots out of the top of his head? It's like, boom, flame on. There's flames just shooting up. That was a little bit like me. And in fact, we were chatting with our friends and, and Jason, we were recounting this situation. And Jason's like, you know, it was fine. It wasn't really that big of a deal. And I interrupted him. Here I am, you know, 16, 17 years. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Yes, it was a big deal. And you could tell, like, our friends started laughing because clearly I was having a moment. I truly thought I had long, y'all, I hadn't thought about it in years, I promise you. I truly thought I was over it. But as we talked, it was clear my heart hadn't fully let it go. You guys, I can walk into Publix to get groceries uh, and forget what I came there to get, right? But I could remember specific details and words that were spoken years and years ago. That's how our hearts and our minds work sometimes, right? When we've held on to something. And I realized in that moment, oh, Amy, maybe you've got a little bit of resentment and an attitude that you need to work through. So what is resentment. I'm sure as I'm telling that story, it's funny, but you've probably been there, right? There's probably stuff that if you got going about and talking about, your adrenaline kicks in and you're ready, you're ready to fight somebody. I mean, I'm going to take my earrings off. We're going we're to go. So what is resentment? Resentment is indignation or anger at being treated unfairly or the perception that you've been treated unfairly. Resentment can be the result of genuine mistreatment and discrimination, or when you just feel like you've been treated unfairly or been discriminated against. So basically, resentment is anger and hurt that sticks around for a while, right? Like, like we talked about throwing your back out or getting stung by a jellyfish. Pain is part of life, and, and anger is actually normal and healthy a lot of times. It's normal to get angry. But it becomes resentment when that anger moves in, takes its shoes off, puts its feet up on your coffee table, leaves its uh, chip bags and cups and dirty plates all over your house, right? Resentment is anger that has taken up residence in your life. This issue, uh, resentment, bitterness, it's as old as the earth itself. It says, or at least as old as people. In fact, uh, this last week I was, I was texting Pastor Andy because I was searching through scripture, looking at different examples of, of people living with resentment. And I was, I told Andy, I was like, I can't even pick just one. It's on every page. It is really an issue that we as people deal with. And in scripture, you've got so many examples. We've got Miriam, in the Old Testament, 
in the days of Moses, Moses' sister Miriam, who in her own right was an incredible uh, woman of God and a prophet. But she got angry at God and angry at Moses because it seemed like God was just speaking and moving in Moses way more than he was in her. And it just wasn't fair. It upset her. We've got Cain, which we talked about uh, last month, Cain and Abel. We've got Cain who's resentful of Abel to the point that he kills his own brother because Cain thinks that God is, it likes Abel more than he likes him. We've got Judas, bitter against Jesus and the disciples for the choices they made and the, the way they did, their, Jesus did his ministry on earth to the point that Judas betrayed Jesus. He turned him in, which started the chain of, event, of events that led to Jesus' uh, crucifixion. We've got Martha in the New Testament, Martha and Mary. Martha frustrated and a little bitter against her sister Mary because Martha is doing all the work and Mary's getting to have all the fun. How many of you have felt that way before, right? Maybe even this week. We won't go there just yet. It's all through Scripture. And if it's all through Scripture, it's all through us and our lives and our hearts as well. Resentment can grow in the heart of a person after someone offends them, hurts them, or continually sins against them. So there's all kinds of different stories and situations. There's varying degrees and consequences of this, but the root is the same. We are hurt. We get hurt. We feel like it's unfair, and we want justice. And sometimes we're not just angry at another person. Sometimes we're, we could even be angry at God as well. So what do we do about this? You know, pain is going to happen. Sometimes that jellyfish is going to get you, no matter how much of a lovely day you're having at the beach, right? Life is hard sometimes, and, and damage can happen. So sometimes what, what started as a flash of pain, you know, stepping on that Lego, what started as a temporary injury, you know, spiritually speaking, can become chronic, can become something that really sets in to your life and where it becomes, like Andy talked about last week, a filter by which you see the world. You put those glasses of resentment, of bitterness, of anger. And instead of being a temporary affliction that you heal from and you get over in the sting uh, phase with time, instead it becomes the filter by which you perceive everything. you filtering it through. The Bible addresses this many times. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4. Paul doesn't really waste any words because the writers of the New Testament and the Holy Spirit, they know the power with which these things can have on our lives. And so Paul in Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now let's look at those two verses for a second, because what they're doing is contrasting for us two different ways that we can choose to live. In verse 31... You've got one way that we can live, and that's holding on to everything that has happened to you, that has been done to you, that has been done against you. And we see the fruit of that choice, right? Bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, where you just want to give back 
what you feel like has been done to you. You want to say, you want to try to say something that's going to cause the pain that you feel like you've experienced. And slander. Open up social media any day, any normal Tuesday afternoon, right? And you can see some of this happening. And then we, let's hold that up as one way of of choosing to live. And let's look at verse 32 as another way of choosing to live. Paul says, instead, Paul says, how about this instead? Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving. He's talking about empathy. He's talking about carrying yourself in a way that releases that hurt, that releases that poison from your life. So hold these two images up, these contrasting images up. Hold those up in your mind and ask yourself, even in the midst of pain and suffering, ask yourself, what kind of life, what kind of life do I want to live? Who, who is it that I want to be? Some of us in here have really gone through it. We have had, we have been wronged. You know, it's not like we joked about the Legos and stuff, but some of us have really suffered pain and had hard things that have happened to us in our lives. But when it comes down to it, Paul is asking us, what kind of person do you want to be in the world? Do you want to be one that's known for bitterness, anger, uh, slander, and harsh words? Or do you want to embody the fruits of the Holy Spirit, kindness and tenderheartedness and, and forgiveness? What is, what's the life we want to live in? What is worth Jesus dying for? So there's the kind of resentment that we can hold against another person, right? And that's something that we've probably all dealt with. The story I told at the start of the message is a good example of that. And by the way, just FYI, I prayed after that. I really think I've let it go. I think that if I talk to you about it again after church, you know, you might see me react. I'm working on it, right? I'm working on it. There's that kind of resentment. And then there's the kind of anger and hurt and resentment that sometimes we can hold against God himself. And that sometimes is a little harder to talk about, right? Because it's hard to admit sometimes. Because it feels like saying a bad word in church, right? Like we shouldn't admit that we're angry at God. We shouldn't. God's perfect, right? So it must be me that's the problem. Sometimes we can feel resentful against him, though. Sometimes it can feel like he's blessed other people, but not us. That was the whole idea of this message, right? Where must be nice. Pastor Andy talked about jealousy, where we kind of have maybe this idea that, like, God's got maybe one bucket of blessing. And if he gives, you know, quote, unquote, if he gives too much to one person, well, what's going to be left in that bucket, right? There's not going to be, what if there's not enough for me? What if there's, you know, we sometimes can have this belief that we don't even know we have that, well, God, you've blessed them, so that means, is there anything left for me? That can breed bitterness. That can breed resentment. Sometimes we have suffered for things that we didn't do. Some of us have maybe grown up in families where, as a kid or as a young person, maybe you had to live out the consequences of choices that your parents made, or people, adults in your life, and you didn't even have anything to do with it, and yet there's consequences that you're living out. And man, it is just, it's not fair. And I agree with you, it isn't fair. But sometimes we can take those feelings of pain and hurt uh, and direct them towards God. These things 
can creep up on us in our heart and in our mind and make us wonder and make us question if God is really all that interested in us at all. So as a result, what do we do? We, we protect ourselves, right? We, we try to pull away. We toughen ourselves against God and against others. But here's the truth. When the world wants to harden us toward God, we can still choose to be soft. When you sense that your own pain, your own circumstances that you're dealing with are wanting to toughen you up, to toughen your heart, to cause you to turn away from God, you can still choose to be soft. Let's look again in Ephesians 4. This is earlier in the chapter. In fact, this is such a great chapter. If we had time, we'd read it all. But we're going to look at verses 21 through 23. Paul says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Verse 23, instead, there's that word again where Paul's like, hey, how about this? Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. See, some of us are still wearing, you see in verse 22, he says, throw off your old sinful nature. Some of us are still wearing some of the trappings of our life of sin before we really knew God, like, a, like an old heavy coat that just doesn't fit you anymore. It's scratchy, you know, it's uncomfortable. Maybe it smells a little musty. And we're still wearing it because it's all that we've ever known. And Paul is saying, you're carrying this thing around that isn't who you are anymore because of the sacrifice of Jesus, the redemption of Jesus, the Holy Spirit that now lives in you. And now you have a choice. You can take that off. You can take that off. And instead, it says in verse 23, now here's what I love. He doesn't say, just decide to get over it. He doesn't say, quit whining. He says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Do you know what that says to me? That says that this thing, this thing of letting go of resentment, of pulling it out of your heart and life, is not something that you have to, like, get the energy up and the ability to do. What this says to me is that it's a work of God in your heart and life that you can just allow to happen. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? This is actually miraculous, that we can just allow God to begin to do the work of helping us pull that out of our life, to take the filter off, to take the lens off that we've been seeing the world through. Because really, the place that bitterness and resentment, want, the place it wants us to take us to, it wants to take you somewhere today. And that place is questioning God's love for you, questioning his goodness. That's the end game. The end game for jealousy, for bitterness, resentment, all these attitudes of the heart is to question you, to cause you to question God's love and care for you. That's it. And I know all of us, like me telling that story where, where we were misunderstood and mis. I mean, you can get caught up in the details and the minutia maybe of the specific incident of what happened to you. But the reality is the big picture goal, 
the end game of those kind of struggles that we have with jealousy, bitterness, resentment, is to get you to, is to, get you to a place where you're like, you know what, maybe God is actually not an intimate part of my life. Maybe he doesn't actually love me. Maybe he's, maybe he's not even real. We have, an, we have an enemy. There is an enemy of our soul. And, and we, don't, we don't even talk about it every week, right? But the scripture is clear. And, and we believe that just as God has redeemed us, the scripture tells us there's an enemy of your soul who is working against us, working against you to pull you from the love of God. His only aim is to harden you against God and, and make you question his love for you. So when we're dealing with these emotions, these anger, these, this you know, bitterness in our hearts, that's why. That's the actual end goal. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, Peter says it like this. He says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Look at that again. You know, we sometimes maybe, especially in the Western church, we don't want to get all dramatic about things, right? We want to be like, ooh, you know. And, and I'm not the kind of person that believes everything bad that happens is from the devil, really. Most of the time, it's my own, you know, choices that lead me into the trouble I ended up in. But the scriptures are clear. And look at this. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Verse 9, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. See, the enemy wants to pull us away, to pull our focus from God to our own pain, to our own hurt, and make us wonder if God is even real. It's a fight to resist that pull. It's a fight, the scriptures tell us. We are called instead to be, instead of pulling away and, hard, and being hard, to soften ourselves. Do we really believe that God loves us? Do we really believe that he is with us? Do we really believe he sees us? That's the battle, and that's the place, because none of us are immune from, from pain and hurt. What we can begin to do is have the choice of, okay, yes, that hurt, and I'm angry about this, but I'm not going to let anger move in to the guest room, right? I'm not going to let it take over the remote and be in charge in my house and in my heart anymore. I'm going to trust that God knows me, that God sees me, that God has enough for me, right? There's no lack of God's favor and blessing. I want to begin to close this morning with the story. There's a story in Genesis of a woman called Hagar. Now, we don't have time to really get into it, uh, but in Genesis chapter 16, Sarah, you know Abraham and Sarah, remember them? God's promised them a son, and they're like old. They're like old. They're like in their 90s, maybe even older. I don't know, but past the time when you would normally, right, expect a family. Sarah gets frustrated because she hasn't had a baby yet. So she goes to Abraham. She says, listen, I've got this servant, Hagar. 
sleep with her and we'll get a baby that way. Spoiler alert, this turns out to be a real bad idea, okay? <laughs> Note for next time, don't do that, right? Okay, just save yourself the trouble. But Abraham listens to Sarah and surprise, surprise, Hagar gets pregnant. And guess what? Sarah resents her for it. Sarah feels like it's unfair, it's not right. So what does she do? She sends Hagar out, basically exiles her, sends her out into the desert. Long story short, God comes to Hagar in her desolation, in her abandonment, and talks to her and comforts her and sends her and reassures her about the baby that she's going to have and then sends her back. And Hagar says in verse 13, Genesis uh, 16, says, Hagar gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her, saying, You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. I just, I love that. And this is the message really that I want us to carry with us this morning because I think this is the key to beginning to help us deal with some of the hardness that we have in our hearts, some of the resentment or bitterness is that you, this idea of you are the God who sees me. God sees you. He is well aware of the injustice, of the unfairness, of the, the pain, of the suffering that you're carrying. And don't let the scheme of the enemy come to pass, which is to pull you away from him, which is to believe a lie that God doesn't love you and God doesn't carry, uh, care about you. When the world wants to make you hard, you can choose to be soft. The scripture is clear. The scripture doesn't say, don't worry, once you become a Christian, bad stuff won't happen to you anymore, and everyone will be nice to you. And they'll only say, leave nice comments on your Instagram and all of that. Do you know how I wish that was the way it was, right? Instead, as we read in Ephesians 4, we can, let the spirit, we can let the Spirit renew our thoughts. We can let Him renew our attitude. We can take off the uncomfortable you know, overcoat of our sinful nature and instead put on the renewing of our mind and instead put on our new nature of love and empathy and tenderheartedness, tenderheartedness towards God and towards each other. And so I want us to just take a minute uh, and in our own, as, we, as we're going to pray and close, just take a moment and repent. That's really, repent just means to turn, to turn to God with whatever it is that you have in your hands right now. Uh, maybe you've been trying to deal with it on your own, and to repent means to turn back to God with it and be like, Lord, here, here. <laughs> help. Yeah. Let's take a minute. Let's repent. If there's, as I've been talking, as we've gone through this series, if there's any issues in your life of jealousy, of bitterness, of resentment, or just things that always have just, what do they say, stuck in my craw. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what a craw is. I don't think humans have one. I think it's like something a bird has, but never mind. I could get into, we won't get into that. If there's stuff that's just like, you know, you know what I mean. Begin to ask God, turn, to, turn, turn towards God with that thing. Let's ask him to help us walk 
in a new way to soften our hearts this morning. So we're going to just sit and as the music plays for a moment of silence to allow us to come to God with whatever that may be. And then I'm going to, um, I'm going to close us and, and Kellen's going to come back up. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you see us. Lord, you are the God who sees me. That, Lord, you know you are there. You are right alongside us, God, through all the, all the things that have caused us maybe to harden our hearts towards other people or even, God, towards you. Lord, would you come in to those spaces, Lord, as each of us has our own unique set of life and circumstance and things that have happened, Lord, that oh, if we really get to thinking about it, God, we just, it is frustrating, Lord. We're still mad. We're still hurt. God, thank you that you see that. Lord, would you come into our hearts this morning? Lord, we repent. God, we repent for holding on to that stuff and trying to work it out on our own because, Lord, we're seeing now that working it out on our own only results in hardness and toughness of our hearts, God. So, God, we turn back to you. We repent. Lord, would you soften my heart this morning, God? Would you make me tenderhearted towards you, towards other people? God, help me to trust, Lord, that, Lord, you've seen it all and you have good things for me. You're not going to run out because somebody else got something that I wanted, Lord. That doesn't work that way, Lord. And forgive me for thinking that it does sometimes. Be with us this morning, God. Teach us to take off our sinful nature, God, and put on our new nature. Lord, let, this, Lord, let your spirit renew in us the life that you bring and give. God, we're trusting you to do this work in us. And God, I pray for each of us that when those poisonous feelings come up, that resentful thoughts, those, that anger, Lord, help us to evict that from our hearts, God. Help us to, in turn, give that to you and trust you. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for your goodness to us and your great love for us. Thank you, Lord. Amen.